Welcome to the very first episode of the Creative Wellbeing Podcast. I am so excited to share this series of real and raw conversations with you, where we'll be exploring how we can enjoy beautiful, fulfilling and inspired lives by supporting our creative wellbeing. My name's Jess Fitzgibbon and I'm a writer and musician living in Sydney, Australia. My creativity and well-being practice has been a lifelong journey, and so it will continue. Learning how to support myself so I can show up consciously and authentically to my life, to create and express from a place of integrity and possibility. Creative well-being is a path for the dreamers, the creators, the open-hearted, and the adventurous. It's a path of curiosity and discovery, turning inwards to hear that creative voice within us all that invites us to move towards our desires and ideas, gently, slowly, consistently. We often suppress this voice and tell it all the reasons why that idea won't work, why we can't live that way or have that thing. We limit ourselves by sticking to the life that we've outgrown and our days become predictable and boring or stressful and full of obligation. Fear is the big roadblock standing between us and change and the antidote to fear is love and encouragement. This is the well-being part. How can we nurture and support ourselves, hold space for the discomfort? and take the small but steady steps towards the life we most desire. The conversations on this podcast will offer you lots of different perspectives and ideas around creative well-being that you might find helpful in your own life. Today's conversation is with Carmen French, a Sydney-based painter and sculptor. Carmen is driven by telling stories and her innate desire to constantly search for what lies beneath the surface. Carmen's paintings effortlessly showcase her dedication to creativity and the cohesive pursuit of a unique style. In our conversation, what stood out to me was Carmen's intuitive approach to her creative work and life. Her trust and respect of the process has led her through the challenges of self-doubt that we all face, and her creative energy is always rewarding her with inspiration and motivation in return for her dedication. having me in your space oh thank today. you for coming it's fun it feels like you've always been here now oh, that's nice were you in the same shop last time or uh, was it two doors down or two doors down that way okay could it should have been three doors down <laughs> <laughs> but this is your like your home and your studio and your gallery all yes. in one so I live in a little terrace house in Darlinghurst and the the ground floor is like a shop front window. So it's got my gallery in here. I paint out the back. I sleep upstairs. I cook downstairs. And that's that. I love it. It's so cozy and 
It's just so nice being in here with the rain. <laughs> it is nice <laughs> in the rain. And our peppermint tea. <laughs> it is nice. And yeah, it feels, I love, I love the character in the space. Like you couldn't get that in a new apartment. It wouldn't yeah. feel the same. Yeah, and I love that. Um, tell us about Rob doing like the sandstone downstairs. <laughs> yeah, so my my partner Rob, he's a stonemason, and actually we got this place in during lockdown because it was vacant for about two years, and they the rent that they wanted on it was so high, and Rob was like, we looked at the place downstairs is all natural sandstone. Um, and he was like, well, I can fix all the sandstone jointing in there, but drop, drop the price because <laughs> it, it's commercial slash residential. Mm. So most people here li- either live above their shops. So, yeah, they were, the landlords were like, great. They dropped the, the rent commercial lease. So commercial lease is three months. Mm-hmm. So bond is usually one month. This okay. was three months. So right. that killed us. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. It was worth it because before that I was driving an hour and a half one way mm. to work and back. Yeah. So, What's it like um, living and working in the same space? <laughs> <laughs> it is – I feel really grateful and, and lucky but at the same time I need to – it's hard because I don't know how to at times switch off. So I have little routines in place – where I know, like, I'll try, for example, my linen on my bed. I bought really nice linen so I don't paint in my bed. <laughs> Good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know if I'm wearing certain clothes, I'm not allowed to paint in that because I just will. And, like, even these are new velvet black pants. Yeah. And I told myself I wasn't going to paint in them <laughs> and I did. <laughs> So now these are my painting pads. <laughs> you must have like, so do you have two wardrobes? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's a separation uh, that helps. Yeah. yeah. But I'm really kind of sensitive with colours. So mm-hmm. depending on what I'm painting, I'll wear at oh, the same time. Because awesome. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to live and work in the same space because you're saturated by it mm. all the time. Mm. Um, so I've just gotten here today and you're just – finishing up with your show <laughs> i've I seen am. the last the last day of it maybe <laughs> for chaos and order yeah um in your studio in darlinghurst um so maybe talk a bit about that and also i'm really intrigued by the name and where that came from and i love that concept of you know the kind of other ends of the spectrum chaos yeah. and order how does that sort of work for you in your life well I think Chaos and Order, first of all, it kind of the name of the exhibition came to me after the collection was painted. But Chaos and Order is something that I've always kind of played with in my mind. And I think, I don't know, maybe I've heard a story about Chaos and Order one day. And I'm like, aha. Uh-huh. Like the, the example was a spider mm-hmm. and a spider's web. Okay. Um, so, you know, the symbol of order is the spider's web the symbol of chaos is the fly you know flying into the (laughs) freaking web (laughs) being caught yeah and then the order is the fact that you know the spider's drinking the fly eating you know so on yeah so that you know life is represents and reflects nature Mm. so 
I wanted to show the exhibition in the most simplest way, which is why I chose ink mm-hmm. on white paper. And I just wanted to, you know, show that different moments of what I would view as chaotic or orderly and how they both and well how I needed both Mm. and we all as humans I guess just go through that every (laughs) every minute or moment or you know at different periods in our lives yeah is there one piece in particular that you think represents chaos most strongly for you and one that does order and do you want to talk a bit about those pieces uh yeah so the piece that represents chaos the most to me is the bar scene Mm -hmm. because it's like well it's a symbol of a pub or a bar and it's black and white and sketchy and it looks very orderly in the sense of the bar the bottles are on the thing the you know pubs laid out beautifully but things that go on in the bar is like bring humans in (laughs) the calm before the storm Mm. and the stories that happen there so Mm. to me even though that looks really orderly Mm. that represents chaos to me yeah i love that i'm looking at it now and it's a beautiful beautiful painting uh would you call it a painting when it's ink what is a drawing that's so interesting you said because my my good friend morad he's a he's an engineer but a really beautiful artist Mm -hmm. And he calls my paintings drawings. Mm. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, they're like drawings. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I used a paintbrush. Yeah. But the thing that I am most natural at is like drawing, like mark making, mm. line work. Mm. So he's right. Mm. Um, so that's interesting that you said that. <laughs> um, so thinking like chaos and order. Mm. I've been thinking a lot about productivity and creativity and how they're sort of both needed but also both very different. And for Mm me, um, I guess coming out of the job I've just been in for 11 years, which was very productivity-driven, outcome-driven, I'm finding that some of the strategies I had in place for my life there really aren't transferring (laughs) over to this now creative life that I'm living what do you mean as in yeah can you give me an example yeah so I think productivity I'll get you to define what you kind of see the words productivity and creativity as meaning for you but for me productivity feels very orderly structure um, goal setting having um, like an outcome driven sort of mentality and Mm -hmm. filling our time with with things whatever that may be so okay yeah. I would look at my day and say I want to do music every single day mm-hmm. and that's what my goal is mm-hmm. and then life happens and you don't get to your music every single day yeah and then I'd experience things like productivity guilt like oh do, do I am I even meant to be doing music <laughs> if I'm not doing it every single day and yeah. realizing that oh hang on like it doesn't really work the same way with creativity and what I found is like really focusing to begin with on the self-care element, like just getting out into nature every day, mm-hmm. eating really well, mm-hmm. just going out to galleries and reading and filling up my cup essentially. Yeah. Doing that for a few months has then opened me up for creativity come to come in, but yeah. I can't structure it the way I'd structure a work day in the office. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a different sort of mindset. Yeah, it is very yeah. different. And I think creativity 
kind of asks us to create spaciousness in our life. Mm-hmm. And I think in our culture, we're sort of taught to fill a lot of our space up. Yes. Yes. So, Big time. Yeah. So what are your thoughts around that? Well, I, I'll, I guess I can talk about at the moment my um, – what I do mm. – so productivity in, in my head is like, okay, well, I set myself a goal of I'm going to do an exhibition next year in March. That's it. Yeah. And then I just don't argue with myself. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck, what's my exhibition about? And <laughs> that's it. Like, and then I will work towards that. Yeah. But the creativity part, it's like, you know, yes, I will work on something creative every day or try to every Mm. day whether that be you know sit down practice something sketch something think it whatever it is but creativity does in a way for me it 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 like knocks on your door Mm. and you have to be emotionally already available Mm. to go and answer it Mm. and not all the time if you're exhausted if you're fucking drained, mm. if you've been hanging out with people that really aren't f- adding anything to your life mm. and something's knocking on your door, you can't open it. Mm. Like, well, that's what I felt. Yeah, I think that's and I'm like, true. And I'm giving all of my energy to things that aren't actually filling me or making, filling my life. Like you said, mm. going to, a, I don't know, walking along, along the beach, mm. the most simple things. Mm are things that aid you to listen Mm. and creativity I think is a part of just being a good listener yeah that's so true or messenger (laughs) it sounds very you know mystical but it it is it is it moves through you in a way and I think creativity guides you and you're sort of following it rather than productivity I feel that we're very much in control of that. It's very much of the mind, yes. diarising, organising. It's a kind of can be a bit controlling. <laughs> well, exactly. It, even all my pieces, I don't choose. I never plan my piece. So if someone comes to me, they're like, oh, I really want an artwork that, you know, matches in with an orange lounge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like I can't, I can't approach a piece knowing what it looks like Mm. and every time I have it will be the shittest (laughs) soulless yeah and even if it looks nice Mm. it has no soul Mm. so what's the fucking point yeah like I'm just I'm just being super nice and Mm. and to me that's not art Mm. for me as the creator Mm. yeah um so I guess like what you're saying then as well like in a way we need to create our lives the way we live every day that's part of the creation process of what we do in the day to then allow us to be ready for when the inspiration comes along but also it's not about waiting for inspiration either it's about doing the work yeah Yeah. so like there's the work ethic like my father's a stonemason and the work ethic of getting up and being there in front of something or putting your energy into a thing that in turn is like a form of respect. And mm, that, I love that. that kind of respect, like a friendship, you can't just, we can, you cannot talk to someone for years and then pick up where you left off. That's very rare. Mm. But there should be, in something that you love, there should be that respect of, hi, 
you know, when you don't fucking clean your house and it looks like shit, <laughs> you haven't shown respect to your life mm. that you're in. Mm. I know that that sounds very motherly. <laughs> no, I agree. I love that. But and that's why I think it's important to also show up to your creative work like a friend. Mm. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Like, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> And do you find that like some days it's easier to show up and then other days it's not? Or do you find that it's consistent? Um, I I have a lot of energy. So for me, it, it it's easy to show up, but it's not easy to create um, and create from a place of like honesty and truth. So I can show up, mm-hmm. I can paint from my mind. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. Yeah. As being, quote, in the zone. It's not. <laughs> in, and there's a, in the zone. <laughs> and there's only certain things that allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not even sure what the formula is. Is there a formula? I don't think there is. I think it's a bit more elusive than that. <laughs> it's like a dream. How do, yeah. you, how do you make a good dream happen? <laughs> yeah. You I know? think that's part of, like, I definitely do that. I try and, I guess, look at what has worked in the past and then try and recreate that to almost control again control <laughs> my mm-hmm. my sit, sitting down to write or whatever um i think there are certain like routines and rituals that can help us be ready for the knock on the door like you said <laughs> yeah it is um, yeah and then but that doesn't necessarily mean that if we do that it's Same gonna, every day. It's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and the best fucking artwork <laughs> needs to be created now. And that and that's something else that I have kind of come to terms with, mm. which I would pressure myself into creating like I was going to die next week. Like <laughs> yeah. I, in the in the sense of I'd have to paint because I felt like I would needed to give it everything I had. Mm. And if I didn't, I was wasting my life. Mm. So that created a lot of pressure too. So it's like, well, if you don't freaking create a good artwork this month and you've spent so many hours in your studio, why are you even here? Why do you have a gallery? Why are you doing it? Mm. Did you find that pressure was like paralyzing or did you manage to work through it? Yeah, it it wasn't paralyzing. I did work through it, but mentally I was really overwhelmed because mm. every day when I would walk my front door, guys, is like the gallery studio. <laughs> so I can't avoid my artwork. Imagine if you're a musician and you get in the car mm. and every place you go is your your song. Yeah. Like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying earlier, like, you don't like artwork in your bedroom usually. No, I can't. I don't want to be in my room and look at my own art unless it feels like I have one piece of art in my room that feels like I have never created. It doesn't feel like I can't, like I've done it. Mm. It's more kind of like a piece of pavement that's covered in leaves. <laughs> that probably sounds freaking gross. It looks amazing. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a bit more of an experimental piece. It was. Yeah. And that under that piece was like the thing of every single thing that you shouldn't do with an oil painting. (laughs) So it was like I put wax on the base of it. Then on top of that, I put acrylic. Then on top of that, I put 
oils then I did acrylic again and like it was a shit show (laughs) (laughs) pretty good result though (laughs) and then I poured shellac on it the stuff that you know cover guitars in before it liquidizes like it was gross (laughs) but it's very calming to look at Mm, it is yeah um so do you have any sort of rituals or routines that kind of make up your days or weeks that are fairly consistent uh well I always every day light candles yeah I love that um and I think for me just fire in general is something uh it's as grounding as (laughs) as a shower (laughs) or a bath yeah so when I have a shower, I light a candle. I don't have the normal light on. And even if it's at 5.30 in the morning, my light's off. I, <laughs> Unless I'm shaving my legs and I have to turn <laughs> the light on. <laughs> I love that. I do that too. I don't put my bathroom light on when I shower. And I, I, I should do a candle every day. There's something... Yeah. I, I like candles at night, but I love the morning candle. Yeah, like yeah. right now there's a candle behind mm. you and like looking at you and <laughs> having a candle there just yeah. feels like it's so beautiful to have something so alive mm. around you. Yeah. I think it's just creating those magical pieces that are really simple, but just having beauty around. Yeah, like beauty for me, so... Yeah. You know, and I, I struggle with the fact of, you know, well, art in a way is decoration. It's like, well, you put things on your wall because you think that they're beautiful. And mm. it's like, of course, but it should be more than that. Mm, yeah. And there's there's a fight between what's, you know, design versus what's art is. Yeah. And there is, of course, a, a, there is so much beauty in all of it in different ways. Yeah. But there is a difference yeah and I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder that old saying you could create something that to someone else looks hideous (laughs) (laughs) or really confronts them I guess is the the word it's more confronting to them and then someone else would see it as the most beautiful thing and it really touches them Mm. in a different way so but I guess you can't really think too much about how it's going to be received when you're creating (laughs) and that and as well that has taught me that's been a challenge of having a gallery mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, if I spend $1,200 on a frame, mm. which is what that frame costs, yeah. and the art itself costs me maybe $80 yeah. plus whatever my art is worth. <laughs> um, whatever you choose it to be worth, I guess. Yeah. So, but because of that, it's like, well, am I if I don't slightly take that into consideration, Mm. I have to keep on to the piece forever. Mm. But there's no way that I could uh, paint the piece with thinking, hey, is this going to sell? Yeah. After the piece is created, I go, okay, well, fuck. How am I going to make that look like someone would go, okay, I'm going to put it in my wherever. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently people don't like unfinished artworks. <laughs> I've learned that. How do they know it's unfinished? It's not framed. Okay. Or the edges of the canvas, like see here. Yeah. It's fucking covered in fingerprints and filth. <laughs> I personally like it because yeah. it looks like a human did it. Yeah. But a lot of people want it to match their or to go with their home that is 
not so sandstony rustic. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. not everyone lives in a sandstone terrace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's also um, where to draw the line because I guess now you have, well, you, you've had the gallery, you know, a few years ago, you've got a gallery again. Mm-hmm. What's it like receiving feedback all the time? Because... I guess when you have an exhibition, you're prepared for it. <laughs> but yeah. then every day, you probably not every day, but whenever you're open, yeah. you've got people walking in off the street and what what do they say? What do you think and <laughs> how does it work? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. That Well, oh God. Okay. Where, where if you just think of like one example from recently, someone coming in, what did they... How did they take in the space? And well, um, with when a, someone's up at the window, first of all, it's very intimidating to walk into a tiny space filled with art because a you don't know if the person inside is an asshole or not. Mm-hmm. B you're looking <laughs> at art and C it's pretty much in a private, quiet room mm. without price tags on something. Mm. So if you're going to come into the space, it's like. All right. Either you have balls, you have money, mm. or you're an art critic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I don't. So the people that commenting on the work, or not many people will ask me mm. about a piece. Really? No. Which I found really interesting. Mm. Some people that seem to kind of know or be around artists. Mm-hmm will ask Mm. others just won't what what are the questions that they'd ask then so questions like (laughs) no that's the thing a lot of people don't ask how much it is it's a a big no-no and I have I have arguments with people on the street like they're like put your price tags on there (laughs) and I'm like it's very crass to put your art like pricing on artworks but she's like but isn't that what it's for (laughs) don't you want to sell it I'm like fuck (laughs) (laughs) um but people usually the the comment will say oh you know that i'll I'll really be into your textual stuff or i love your freedom Mm -hmm. or you know have you ever done life drawing like there'll be questions that just lead into is that you Mm -hmm. are you drawing you is that your when it's like a woman naked on a bed I'm like no man it's not me (laughs) that's really interesting Uh, I guess it's like they're they're almost by talking to you kind of giving you an insight into what they're thinking if anything it's like you're not even really in the room (laughs) they're interpreting maybe right in front of you like how they see the art and then they're kind of like is that you so that's what they first thought does it even matter you know who it is (laughs) I think that the main thing that I get frequently is the rawness of my work Mm. raw free and textural yeah so they're the main words that I keep hearing. Yeah. Which is and I get the, you know, romantic and yeah. quite beautiful or mm. feminine mm. thing. So from one side of the room <laughs> is all colourful and behind you it's quite rocky. Yeah. Um do you wanna talk a bit about the show you had at Parliament House? Yeah. <laughs> that so was full on. That was amazing. I unfortunately didn't wasn't able to attend that one but that was a lot of 
pieces based on Australian landscapes. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was because I grew up in um, a little town called Narandra, which is in the Riverina. Um, you know, three pubs, two supermarkets. At the time, there was only one. <laughs> the, a river. Yeah. Uh, and it was about my life going back and forth to Sydney and Narandra. Mm. So lots of kind of open, landscapey, you know, big, romanticised imagery of the country yeah. or how I imagine it looking out the window in the car, mm. which was and still so kind of burnt in my consciousness. Mm. So, yeah. And how did that exhibition in more of a public space kind of compare to having something more intimate in your own space? Very, very you know, completely different worlds. Mm. First of all, I was, uh, I had to fill 400 square metres in a marble room. Mm. In the centre of the room is a fountain (laughs) made of marble with water, like the walls are all maroon. Oh, that kind of changes things. It's, uh, it's, I'm going to use the term masculine, but it (laughs) is like, it's a very strong, Mm. you know, parliament house space yeah and my kind of feminine common frenchy pieces are going in there that are so raw like this piece this piece is of my dad yeah i'm not gonna pull it out you can just tell me and Um, i'll say it after it's yeah it's a it's a man who looks quite young with a hat a working hat on and it's called worked okay and that <laughs> that in itself got hung up on the walls and some supreme judge was like, I really like that piece. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I had the Minister of the Arts there make a speech. Wow. Uh, I was just kind of blown away. Mm. But at the same time... Even though that all these things were happening, I was on Channel 10, I was on ABC Radio, I still didn't feel like, uh-huh, that's it. Hmm. And f- all I wanted to do was go back and paint something else. Yeah. And I guess that... I guess it just shows, like, what, what's your definition of the, the best day in a life of an artist, you know, and maybe it's not that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think, and I think for a lot of artists, any type of person creating, it's when you're creating mm. is the magic. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's so beautiful. The, the best thing about Parliament House is that it brought so many people together. Yeah. Because it, it was at the start of lockdown. So I painted two years for the collection. Wow. The show was open for one week and my artworks were locked down. Oh, my God. So, my artworks were locked in <laughs> Parliament House. For how long? Two months. Oh, wow. And to go collect them, taking them off the walls. I, with my husband, I was like, I can't believe I worked this hard and this long. And that was it. So, how long was the exhibition like, it intended was meant to, run to run for? One month. Oh, wow. So, it was meant to run for a month. I did sell a lot of pieces because I was exposed to, you know, lawyers and barristers and people who were, you know, 
art collectors. <laughs> yeah. And people who had the money to yeah. buy work. Mm. So that was interesting in itself. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the whole thing is the sharing self is very different. The person who has to show up to share the art is very different to the person that is there creating in the studio. It requires a different mindset and a different personality within us to come out. And that's something that always really interests me. Like, um, A, like, what's the intention behind sharing? Because you have to still be connected to that. Yeah. Like, why do you share your art? What do you get from it? Well, a part of me feels like and felt like I remember the moment where I was like, well, my my workbook was filled with sketches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I meant to do with this? <laughs> you know, I'm compelled all the time to draw, to create. And I think I saw it on the back of a stupid van and, and it said, you can't sell a secret. <laughs> and I was like, okay, not that I was trying at the time to sell my work, yeah, but... I was like, what's the point of me hiding it? Mm. And I felt, even though, even still, I was just saying before, I feel really embarrassed Mm. is the word or vulnerable Mm. still Mm. every day having my works on display. And it's very uncomfortable, but it's like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. It's like, so I compare it to, a musician who didn't release a song that I freaking love and keep going to, if they kept that, uh, that piece of healing wouldn't have touched me. Mm. I'm not saying that all my pieces are going to be healing. I'm just using the example of like, you don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I Maybe agree. I didn't even answer the question. No, that was, that was <laughs> no, you did. That's absolutely it. Like I always think that too. I'm like, well, if my favorite artists and musicians didn't share their work, like, <laughs> what a What's sad world it would be <laughs> without these, yeah, works out there. And um, I think it's that's what maybe I think gets us through to the point of working through that uncomfortability, which is what it is. Yeah. Um, feeling like that and just exposing ourselves regardless <laughs> of how it's received. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what else did I want to ask you today? I guess I'm always interested in um, like what guidance you have in your life um, <laughs> in terms of do you have a mentor or who, who do you um, – show early pieces of work to like do you have one person that when you know you're not sure about it you trust them enough to show them um Mm. or is it very is it very much a a place of solitude for you and do you just look to your inner voice like where do you get guidance good question i i do have like many mentors in a way but the mentors for me won't ever be about the piece that I'm creating. I'll share I'll share my work with them, but I'm not looking for feedback as such. If they give me like a comment and I'm like, oh I didn't realise that about that, mm. that's the feedback. Or yeah. that's that's the journey. Yeah. Um maybe it's because I'm too afraid to ask for feedback. I don't know. But 
Yeah, I share my pieces with many different people if I feel like they will connect to it Mm -hmm. or it's, for example, a colour that they would like or that's it. Yeah. Um, But I think that if I'm seeking for another person's real opinion, I am doing – I'm betraying my own work Mm. because – it's not about that. If I was painting a portrait, mm. I feel like that's quite different in a way. Yeah. But if I'm painting something purely from my imagination and I'm asking for another person's opinion mm. on the, you know, colour, the lighting, the shadowing or whatever, mm. after the bulk of the work's done, I think that that's bullshit. Yeah. You have to go with what you think first. I think in general though, like in terms of, your creative life um, and your creative practice, do you have certain people that you admire in what they do in their their practice and that maybe inspire you in those times where things are feeling a bit shit? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I I have an artist friend. His name's uh, Carlos, Carlos Barrios. And he's, you know, a full-time, real-life, legit artist. (laughs) And, yeah, sometimes I will go to him and be like, you know, what's the point of me even doing this? Like, I'll have a I'll have a mental kind of whatever and there'll be a reminder. And just even going to look at his page or look at his pieces or even a musician's piece mm. is like reassurance of, oh, okay, it's okay. Or going to a restaurant and having someone like, cook for you that you can tell they've put their life's work into it mm. is very reassuring for me yeah it's like surrounding yourself with people and just having that community I guess that sort of yeah model to you and demonstrate reflect back what you're essentially doing through their own work yeah yeah but I I just wanted to add before when you're like what do people say mm. about your work yeah. I just remembered lots of people say like, why the fuck are you doing black and white? Everyone likes colour. <laughs> Everyone's fucking bored and depressed. Like, you should only do colour. Just do huge oil paintings. I'm like, listen, fucking bitch. That oil painting takes six months to dry. Each tube costs fucking $90 each. You do the fucking oil painting. Like, yeah. I love that. So a lot of people are like, so why do you even do the black and white stuff? Like, it's cool. And then you'll get the other people like, fuck, I love your black and mm. white. Or... Oh, you don't really know how to draw. Mm. I've gotten those all like, <laughs> am I? Yeah. Everyone's like a, an expert apparently <laughs> <laughs> at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, puts you back down to earth. Yeah. It's also quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Or, you know, I had this woman come in once and she's like, so I really like this, but I wouldn't have done it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Because you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah i had to add that that was funny it's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's it's sometimes funny too when um it's a great opportunity often to learn about someone that people can often just yeah (laughs) give a lot of advice (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. um (laughs) that's funny but um Mm. you know i think talking about challenges too like I think often when I read about 
artists in magazines and interviews and podcasts. Like mm. we hear a lot about what's working, um, which is great because that's important. But also I think I know I learn most from what's <laughs> not working. <laughs> yeah. And it's really hard because like most days, not every day, but you're up against something like a block or something in your mind that's sort of getting in the way. And I've started seeing those things as just really good lessons rather than getting really pissed off at whatever thought is there. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the moment, like right now, are there any, is there anything in particular that you're coming up against that you're working through? Um, yeah. Like at the moment that I am coming up against, as you said, that's a good way of putting it. The part of I don't want to keep recreating things that I know are sellable Mm. I don't want to I don't want to keep creating that and wasting I'm I'm saying wasting my time on Mm. it because it's not where my true soul is at like my soul at the moment wants to tell the story about my grandparents Mm. that it, which is like the working of my next show coming up mm. but I'm also battling with why the fuck do I need to put on another show mm. why do I need to put on another exhibition mm. I've had nine exhibitions in four years That's a Cal- lot. calm the <laughs> fuck down <laughs> what why do you think you feel this need to put on exhibitions like that I think a part of my drive has to do with a few reasons I I didn't go to art school, mm-hmm. so it's like fuck you. I can do it without being an artist. Like I, <laughs> I didn't need to go That's to art school to do it. Yeah. Another thing is, I really don't want to be working part time mm. in medical world mm. to because my per my purpose isn't that. Yeah. So, and the other thing is. I had in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I'm young. I don't have children. I don't, I don't have debt. Mm. I'm not going traveling. I'm going to spend my time on this now. Mm. So I had a lot of pressure and of course, family and growing up and having that. If you don't succeed, not in the sense that my family was like, you must succeed. Never. They did the opposite to me of do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Like you're on your own, <laughs> not you're on your own, like do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever you choose, just do work your hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so work I, ethic. The work ethic is a big one. Mm. And I think the poverty thing is a big one. Yeah. Of being afraid of if I don't work my ass off, mm. I'm not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. I guess, do you have some sort of idea that what taught me through this like this exhibition that or this not even exhibition but next piece of work Mm -hmm. collection of work around your grandparents is there an idea there that that wouldn't be received in a sellable way uh yeah like a a part of me is like why the hell would anyone want to know or hear about my grandparents (laughs) You know, that's such a lame thing. But on the other side, I'm like, but that's, that's you know, a part of me and I'm <laughs> on planet Earth and that's what I'm going to do is tell yeah. my truth. I think people, from my experience, are attracted to 
there's an energy in what's most honest and authentic. Exactly. And you can tell, doesn't matter really about how it relates to them they see you and there's this essence of humanity in that work that Mm. that's what they connect to they then connect to their grandparents or their family so I think often the things that we're most scared of um creating Mm. we can often even put blocks in the way (laughs) yeah and I think as well there's a part of it because you know, I'm, at the moment I'm painting on playing cards, which is my grandfather taught me how to play poker. My grandmother would pick flowers. Uh, my grandfather would pick flowers from other people's gardens, <laughs> mind you, and give them to her every day. And then he would press them into poetry books. Like Aww. he was such a romantic mind and soul. Yeah. And, you know, he would underline things in poetry books and hand right next to them of how he interpreted that. That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, how do I how do I even honor such beauty in a show? And I and I feel corny or cliche to paint a fucking flower to represent <laughs> that. It's like it's a fucking flower. <laughs> how original. Florals in spring. <laughs> but I'm very see like the way I talk about I'm very hard on myself that way I think sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yes and I think sometimes um it seems silly to us because it's so familiar to us I guess so. yeah and it's like I've I had an experience like that recently where I was writing about um alcohol dependency Mm. and that running through my family as well and just starting to notice this stuff and I was writing really freely Mm. and I was like oh god like this is actually really good but it's really honest and if I shared this it'd probably hurt people (laughs) yeah that's a big one and also there was this sense afterwards like I felt really good when writing it I left it for a few days reread it and was sort of like this isn't that special. (laughs) This is just everyone's story. Like who doesn't have stories like this, but it doesn't really matter because it's, (laughs) it's about every, people can see the honesty and the truth. And, and that's where our best work comes from. I think when we're most, um, actually writing down or painting or getting out of our system in that moment of needing to express that thing, Yes. And I think that's like when that, you're saying creativity knocking on the door. Yeah. I've had so many good ideas lately for an, like a reflection piece I want to write. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. But then it loses that spark yes. because in the moment, that's when your voice is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And you're feeling Fucking that. I'm home. <laughs> Are <Yeah>. you there? <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes those ideas will pass. Like, and maybe at this point in time in your life, this is a story you need to tell if yes. you leave it three years. It won't be there anymore. Yeah. And that and that's the thing when, you know, people will go, oh, they'll send me a picture of my piece from five years ago in their house. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's like a diary entry. <laughs> oh, I'm reading my old diary entry. <laughs> Does that feel bad? It just feels very like I, you get taken immediately yeah. back to that moment yeah. in that creation yeah. when I created that. What, what shoes I was wearing, what, you know, the coffee that I would drink, mm. the pub that I would go to, everything. Yeah, it's like very nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what do you see like in other people out there? Like, and this could be artists mm. that are working full-time as artists. Um, it could be people who are yearning to be doing more of that or people who 
flat out say they're not creative (laughs) but you can tell that they are and they want to explore that Mm -hmm. what do you see are the biggest sort of blocks complaints excuses like what's getting in the way of (laughs) those people people? yeah and also you may have you may see people say these things and have seen that in yourself before even and be like oh that used to be me and now Mm. I've gotten past that but what are the kind of common or even not even common but people around you at the moment or Mm. in the past some things that you've seen I have a friend Ryan who is the guy that will say, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a photographer, I'm not an artist. Nah, like, it's not, like, can I buy a piece of your work? Oh, you can just have it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And to me, the amount of visual shit that I've consumed in my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I feel like this is, uh, you know, you're an artist mm. and it's so fucking beautiful. Mm. He's like, yeah, but there's no attachment to it. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's just I created it, and that's that. And I'm like, but that's, uh, and so that challenges my, <laughs> my mind of going, okay, well, should I just create things and not share it again? It's almost like this is how I'm interpreting what he said. Yes. He might not have meant it this way. That it should be hard. I should have worked harder at that. Exactly. It should have felt like a struggle to really be worth calling a piece of art where if it's, it's easy pe- and yes. effortless and like oh that's nothing it for some reason that discounts it yes and i don't work as i don't have a gallery i'm not a i've never sold a piece of work i'm not i'm not an artist mm. i wouldn't introduce myself to somebody as an artist and i don't think that my work has any value other than sharing a, a memory or a moment and I'm mm. like but that's to me art <laughs> like, do, do you think like he he may not have this but I feel that often deep down those people may be desiring that life yes. but are too afraid to admit that to themselves or have a lot of stigma around what an artist looks like and like you said it's that being an artist is poor or being an artist yeah. is like or being an artist is or coming from a super rich family and yeah. you can only dedicate your entire life and you don't have to work if you're super rich because mm. you can. Like, mm. or, yeah, I have to have long hair and <laughs> wear desert boots, first of all. I really hate that all the rich kids took over the, you know, desert boots look. It's we like were, I was at lunch recently <laughs> in Potts Point and these, like, people in their mid-twenties were walking through the car park and my friends like they're either really rich or really poor yeah that like street look that's in now I'm like they're really rich I just knew it even though they could have been either and they get back to this like Porsche four-wheel drive (gasps) damn it you knew (laughs) yes sniff it a mile away (laughs) it's cool it's rich it's rich and cool to look poor (laughs) I think a lot of roadblocks for people that um there's a lot of I want to say bitterness, but it's also like, fuck you. It's, it's like when I go to the beach and there's, you know, beautiful tan chicks on the mm. beach. It's like, well, fuck you. Why can you do that? And I can't. It's like, well, I'm pale and have big hips and I'm not going to look like a supermodel on the beach. 
And it's like, same thing with the art world. It's mm. like, well, fuck you. I may create a piece of work, but it's not going to be anything like this. Mm. So it's not, it's not good. It's not good enough. Yeah, I think people do the same with wealthy people. There's this sort of like stigma around rich people mm. are bad. <laughs> yes, rich people suck. <laughs> but we're just jealous. That's all it is. We want what they have. And it's a similar thing with the artists. It's like for yeah. me, money, I've really changed my relationship with money in the last like two years. But for me, money symbolizes freedom. Yeah. And it's also – it's energy it's what's flowing it's not like you can't really own money well, like yeah, it's sort it's of thing it, it's in and out and it's not you're not really in control of it but i feel like money yeah. sort of supports me now i i've seen in the past like when i've been going on a trip or something it just shows up when i need it somehow always and it's like why can't I just always trust that that will happen <laughs> rather than worry about it all the time? Exactly. Because <laughs> it does always work out. <laughs> and how? Like I've been that freaking in the past poor mm. that I've gone, I cannot drive to work. Mm. I don't – I do not have the petrol to yeah. get in my car to go to work to earn money for the day. Yeah how the fuck am I going to find this money? And like, lo and behold, I'll be, I don't know, lifting up my couch and there'll be $8. <laughs> and that's all I needed yeah. to fill up my tank of petrol and drive to work. And I think that's a big, that's a really good point with money. It, it shows up as you need it. Like, we don't yeah. need a million dollars right now. We might just need $8.50 <laughs> for the petrol. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it doesn't need to come in this huge, like, lump sum that we sort of expect yeah and i don't know like i think money and art we i can see some of the yeah the fears that people have around i had a friend say to me last night like something around raising children in a creative space just because he'd seen someone who was creative with a drug addiction and it's like you're stereotyping (laughs) (laughs) creative people as drug addicts and but i think that can happen (laughs) there are you know there are um and in movies we see in novels there's this vision of like the starving artist Artist. or for me when i was growing up the 27 club like oh yeah i used to like jim morrison was my hero (laughs) and now i look at that i'm like he's not a great role model like he was a really unwell person actually but very creative but i think there are really healthy ways to have relationships without yeah artistry without um having to suffer (laughs) well as well i think that a lot of people that are addicts or whatever are creative in spite of the fact that they're addicts which is like pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think if if Jim Morrison wasn't an addict, would he have been as a good artist? I think he would have. Mm. But it probably wouldn't have been filled with such fucking intensity mm. in a tormented way. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, st- I still think creative people are creative regardless if they're a drug addict or not. Of what their lifestyle looks like. Like yeah. Amy Winehouse's voice isn't going to be less beautiful because she mm. drank wine. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know or, what I or mean? Or vice versa. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't know. However, some albums are really shit when people stop taking drugs. <laughs> like so, which one but maybe that's it? also just getting older. Like... You know, maybe some some of it's just like, 
you're getting older and you let the world crack you. Mm. I really love artists that continue to change and they have to, like, I just don't see how you couldn't do that for your own mindset. But I think, like you said, maybe people just kind of submit to the pressure of what the audience wants. Like you can imagine being as a musician on stage and, always hearing the crowd wanting the same stuff and just being like, this is relentless. I'm just going to give them what they want. But my favourite artist, and it's also, I remember, like I'm a big Radiohead fan Mm. back in the day. Like I remember people saying, oh, I only like like the first three albums and I just don't understand why they wanted to do this. It's like, it's not about you. (laughs) It's about like what they needed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like the point. Oh, Carmen, why? Why are you doing? Why are you doing black and white? Everyone loves your color stuff. Mm. I'm like, but I think your audience will change as you change, and that's the point. And like, that's yeah. that's what you should do. Yeah. And that's a lot of the time. You know, even chefs are so inspiring to me because it's like the amount that they know and the amount and how educated they are, and then the fact that people are like, oh, you know. It's, it's undersalted for me. It's like, <laughs> you fucking don't know shit about food <laughs> compared to these people. So it's like, mm. I don't know. I think when people make comments like that, often they're wanting to do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, well, you get in the kitchen. That's, it's, that's what it kind of signals to me. When people have strong feedback, they probably have a desire. Like people that come into your gallery are probably curious painters yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Or, yeah, they're hungry to be doing something creative themselves mm, and mm, they're not mm, yeah um so i think we should probably wrap up oh, we did so we well. can talk forever but um what what like this year the rest of this year what are you kind of thinking you'll be spending your time on and what's exciting you about the rest of the year i'm excited now that i've chosen to let myself off the hook this year from creating a show. Yeah. So and that just happened recently yeah. since I think you contacted me. <laughs> I'm like, um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And obviously working on my pieces, but not being like treating myself poorly. Mm. That it must be done, mm. and and only it it must be done now. Mm. And that's almost that pro- productivity thing. It's like you're taking away that goalpost now and mm. in its place, what do you think is going to change? Like I, how do you think it'll change how you're working, not having that there? I think it will do a few things. A, it will give me more time to do things that, you know, fill my heart up. Mm. Um, and in turn, it unlocks different parts in your brain when you're not so fucking highly stressed. Mm. Like just like the $8.50 that <laughs> just shows up. Yeah. It's like creative parts of you will show up yeah. when you allow it to. Yeah. Or sure. I don't know if I made the eight fifty show up. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you manifested it, darling. <laughs> I did, babe. Have you ever read this secret? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> think it. Think it. Put your crystals under the moon. <laughs> that's so funny but um well thanks for chatting today thank you that was really fun can we just do this all the time but like just talk about heaps of other things yes we can (laughs) and we will (laughs) 
Um, what's your podcast going to be called? I have no idea. I have no idea. Coming to you <laughs> from Dark <Dull> <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye.